2: I really
1: Folks, what's up? It's so bad, it's good with Ryan Bailey. This is Ryan Bailey. This is your Tuesday episode. We are doing new episodes all week, except for Friday, because I, I care. I, I'm i giving back to the community, the podcast community. Uh, how's everybody doing? This is, uh, like I said on Monday, this is that weird week where I just... I can't make heads or tails of what time it is, where we're at, where I'm at. It all just feels like we're in some sort of weird purgatory. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's weird. And then days just kind of pass. Do you know what I'm saying? Like today, I know I did a bunch of things, but it just feels like one big blob. And then I just went on a walk. And so I kind of, that was good for me because I was like, I needed to get up and move around. I had been like taking notes on TV shows all day, including real. Housewives of Orange County, I'm Fun Shannon, I'm Fun Shannon Vador. that poor lady, poor Shannon. We are going to be recapping last Wednesday's Real Housewives of Orange County because it was another batshit episode. I'm really enjoying this episode, but I'm telling you, like we did the news story uh, on Monday about Noella and her husband, or ex-husband, Sweet James. Uh, something is amiss in Orange County. I mean, we already knew something was amiss anyways, but something is a, like, I'm so glad that we found a way to get Orange County up into the criminal ranks and obviously, Sweet James is doing some kind of money scheme <laughs> funneled through Puerto Rico, which we're finding out about. But it's great. So Beverly Hills, we, of course, had the Erica Jane stuff. Salt Lake, we got the Jen Shaw stuff. And I thought Orange County, it was just going to be like Heather and Shannon fighting. But no, we have Noella and Sweet James uh, Bergener, or Bergener. And there is some wackiness going on there. Stuff keeps coming out about him. You should go check out the Bravo docket. I was reading a lot of the facts they put out, like all the money that he owes and even she owes and then all of the different faces noella has had leading up to this face like i'm starting to think, you guys like, that fa- that that beauty is like wealth none of it's real and all of it's just it's all just a facade like i don't know like i don't know if we know that's why you got to work on your personalities at all times that's the only natural beauty is the beauty within right i mean for real it seems like all of these ladies They looked completely different than what they look now. And everybody's like, oh my God, goals. And then you look at them in the past and you're like, dude, they just, they were determined to at some point look good. And so they went to surgery after surgery after surgery. And it must be really, it must be, it must be like, I'm trying to think of what the, the comparison would be like when I do a really good podcast, it must be like when they land on a really good face, you know, you're like, ah. I put the work in and that's why I deserve this face, but it's not normal. Like we live in this society that it's like, it is so, I'm, I was looking at pictures and I was like, damn, there is, you know, there is no true booty. By the way, guys, if you want to be beautiful, just be rich. That's the way to be beautiful is to be rich by the beauty. I don't know a lot of natural beauty, I guess. Like I, I'm trying to figure this out because I want, I, I don't know. I feel like we should then at least some of these ladies, especially when OC or Beverly Hills, I feel like they need to wear like a name tag where it lists all the surgeries they had done just so people like get the deal. Like, cause then you can respect them for, for having wherewithal to, to, to wait, to mud, to muddle through that process. You know, you're like, wow, Erica Jane didn't give up until she got the face she landed on now. And that, that takes grit. That takes hard work to kind of never give up to until you get the face that you're satisfied with. I know, And I know I'm, I just, I know you ladies deal with this all the time and you're used to this. And I guess the further I get into this, I'm getting more used to it, but still boggles my mind. Like, I'm just mad just on a cheapskate level of like, dude, a lot of these people have to pay for this stuff. Even though, remember last week, if you listened to the interview with uh, Joe De La Rosa uh, from the first season of OC, she said, A lot of these ladies get all of their work for free in exchange for advertisements. But I don't know, man. Like, I don't even know if I would want to advertise. I think I definitely would want it, like, hush-hush, you know? But there is a part of me that is kind of like, I wonder what they could do for me. You know, like, I I wonder how, huh. I wonder what they could. Like, there is that sick part of me that's like, I always felt like my face was kind of crooked. Like, could they uncrookedfy my face? Like, if you could just... Set, like, and one of my ears, I think, points out too long. Like, if I could pin one of those ears back, like, I think it would be a whole different ballgame for me. You know? There's got to be all... And I just don't know. Like, I always just feel it's unfair because I feel like, well, you're born with it. You, you know, you shouldn't be able to fix it and you should have to work on other things to make... I don't know. You, you guys know what I'm saying. Anyways, today is the OC recap it's already started off with a bang. Um, uh, oh, a couple news stories before we get into uh, the recap, just because I talked about this yesterday. So Megan King Edmonds, of course, uh, getting a divorce from her husband of two months, Cuffy or Cufay. We do not know how to say his name, and that that's something I love about Cufay. I will always love that about Cuffy. Um, so she. <laughs> She put out a statement, and so in her Instagram stories, she says, I have been asked by many outlets and individuals to to comment on the state of my marriage. I am rattled. This situation is profoundly devastating. This is obviously not what I imagined when I made my vows, two months ago, and I'm shocked and saddened by the way things turned out. I am moving forward with my children as we privately process our pain and begin to let go of shattered dreams. Well, that's a positive. She's moving forward with her children. Can you imagine if she was like, I'm going to leave my children behind and I'm going to go find the real Megan King Edmonds. Um, and then she says, at this time, I ask for your grace. Man, grace is a really popular thing to, to ask for in 2021, don't you? Like, it's like, that's the buzz. Like, guys, could I get grace? And I'm like, sorry, ma'am, this is a Wendy's. We just serve burgers here. It's like, could I get a side of grace and a little bit of gentle kindness? And then she says, as I navigate this labyrinth of grief with my, a labyrinth of grief. Ah, oh, I'm in the labyrinth of Megan King Edmund's grief. Ah, oh, help. How do I get out of this Megan King Edmund's labyrinth of grief? Ah, oh, I'm in the labyrinth. Help me. I, I'm in the Megan King grief labyrinth. Oh, my God. This is when when people like, listen, this is horrible. Obviously, you know, we've all been in some kind of pain like this. But labyrinth of grief, like, come on, let's not let's not be Walt Whitman on top of it. You know, let's just say it's none of your business. I'm going to process this pain. Sorry to put everybody through this, you know, like, but this labyrinth of grief, my God. well, you know, so we're we're we're. We're hoping for all the best, right? We're, we know we do. We support Megan King and uh, it's just it's hard. That's why there should be like anything like I think if you have to buy a gun, don't you have to isn't there like a mandatory waiting period or there should be. I think the same thing should be done with like marriages. Like if you meet somebody too months you, you got to be with somebody six months at least to get a shotgun marriage. And that's still like bottom of the barrel time period, six months. Two months, forget about it. I wouldn't. If I was running the United States of Ryan, no, sorry, Megan, it's not going to happen. Yeah, come back to me in six months. See if you're, and by the way, she wouldn't. She'd be like, thank God you had that law, Ryan, because it turned out two months later, totally not into him. So, I don't like it, folks. We are just such a crazy bunch of people. We are just wild. Whenever our hearts get involved in anything, do you notice that? We make complete batshit. We just, we completely destroy in, it's just, we are not good when our hearts get involved. We make the stupidest decisions. We lose all kind of rationality. We become dum dumbs We become like seven-year-olds too. There's no like actual rational thought anymore. It's just like, there's like, you're like, I think I went to school at some point. I certainly don't feel like I have because I'm making the dumbest decisions of my life. And we'll make decisions on the time. Like somebody will give you a little bit of attention and you'll be like, all right, right, right. Like it's like, you're like a, a starving man getting a Ritz cracker or something, you know? Oh my God, I just read a news story where it says flipping out, Jeff Lewis uh started flipping out. I got a bad case of COVID at a Christmas party, but it was worth it. And this was on December 21st, he went to Leah Black's part uh, a Christmas party. I was invited to Leah Black's New Year's Eve party, but she canceled it uh due to COVID, but she had this Christmas party for uh for Jeff, I guess for his uh staff and stuff. And actually Heather McDonald was there, but I guess they all got COVID. <laughs> Oh geez but they're all vaccinated so i don't know who knows damn man gotta watch out for those are you guys good did it did all did you guys all get sick i know a a bunch of my friends got sick thankfully knock on wood so far i'm good man but like i still i'm having like ptsd from last christmas when i was in the same guest bedroom which by the way it is hysterical i'm shocked that my mom hasn't come in she loves to come in this room she lo- like she just it's like she waits for me to and then she'll stand right in front of the TV, and she'll just it, it, and and she'll see me typing on the computer. She'll see it. I, I mean, I love her to death, but it's hysterical. It is like I woke up this morning, I didn't hear any talking, and I said, "Dad, where's mom? Is she?" I have I don't hear her talking. She, it's nonstop. It's hysterical. She uh, I mean it's wild. Uh, I don't do your does your mom do that? Does your parents do that? It is, it's so funny. I'm in I. I'm an older man. What am I doing here? <laughs> um, okay. So, let's get into this recap. I uh, I think Orange County is having a great season. I don't care who says differently. I will not listen to that kind of slander for Orange County this season. I will say though what I love is that it's like Heather DeBro, they're like she came back to save the OC. I kind of like that. I don't fully like Heather DeBro. I kind of like that. And that's what I remember feeling about her the first time when she was on the show. Like, I love what she represents, which is like insane richness. And there's kind of a snootiness about her. And I kind of dig that it's like you don't completely love her. I think she fits perfectly on the show, though. I think there is like an upstairs-downstairs quality, too, where it's like Heather DeBro, it's like, it's richer than everybody there. And then you kind of have the downstairs, which is like Emily and Gina. It's like Downton Abbey, you know, you have the workers and you have the, the royalty. And I kind of dig that in a way, like it's, and then it's just the fact that like, then you have Nicole, uh, she's flitting around OC and, and like these people have been there for like 20 years and they have all like dated each other and gone through different faces and boobs and all of this stuff. It, it, it is kind of like this, really vapid, horrible version of Game of Thrones where you're like, wow, you could draw a line. It's like in Beverly Hills, how you could draw a line and everything connects through David Foster or the J- or like the the Smith Kardashians um, of Hidden Hills, Calabasas area. Um, and I feel like that with OC, it's like, it feels like a very small town. Like they all know each other, but at the same time, they're meeting each other for the first time too, because they're meeting like, like, Shannon knew Nicole for 20 years, but didn't recognize her because she got a completely different face and hair and all of that stuff. So some of these people have met each other 20 years ago, and they're still meeting them for the first time because of a new face kind of jam, you know? That's called—I mean, that is good. That's that's what we call entertainment, folks. That's what we call Real Housewives in the OC. I love it. So last— Week's episode, we started the episode. Remember, with Shannon at her plastic surgeon because she needed to get v- vials of cement re- re- removed from her face because she got too much filler. And it like remember she was just like it looked like like Slimer from Ghostbusters like got all over her face. She's like, "I'm fun, Shannon." Arr, arr. So we, as always, were like last time on Real Housewives of Orange County, and we see like the chain past the bar and Emily's like are you excited and he's like yeah i'm super excited like Shane you can never get above a snarky whisper you know and then we have the scene where Noella telling uh Gina like we're not in a good play we're not we're not in a good space it's just a breathy voice with no Noella and then she goes hi she goes hi i'm Noella are you Max? I'm bisexual too. It's like weird. I You guys know what I'm saying? It's a weird voice. I don't. I And I got to tell you, man, it's just I've been burned on Housewives before. I don't trust Noella. I'm sorry. Definitely don't trust her husband, Sweet James. But Noella got into this situation and she like there there's, there's shit at play. I think Noella and I do. I think Noella definitely campaigned to get on this show. Hell yeah. She worked extra hard. She put in the hours, which says a lot of what you need to know about a person. You know, if this is a career goal, I feel like that says something about a person, right? I'm not saying good or bad, but I think it, I think it does tell uh, something that like you could go, I mean, you could choose to like, oh, I I really want to go to law school, but this person really wanted to be on Real Housewives of Orange County. They did everything they could to get there, befriending Bronwyn, um, uh, you know, getting a new house for this, which is the house thing is wild getting like it's like it's just funny because this is supposed to be a reality show and you're changing your entire reality to be on the show. How does that make sense? How does that add up? And that's why I kind of find it entertaining because you start to realize the tricks and you realize when they do all of this stuff, the reality of their situation starts crumbling. There is no foundation. So we can never get the real reality. And so we get this, Altered reality, and we see in this metaverse, it actually all falls apart. And I find that fascinating because TMZ and all these other places, they're telling the real story. So we get to see the story on the screen or the story they want to present. And then we get the real story from all these secondary markets. And if you put that together, I find that an interesting viewing experience. But it's just a lot more hard work. I've always said somebody needs to do a show that catches you up to date with everything that's happened since this episode, you know, because we are missing out on tons of. Things that have happened that would really fill in the blanks for what we see on the screen every week. So uh, we have Shannon uh, facetiming with Noella, and he's like, "He served divorce. I got ser- my mom got thrown divorce papers." And then we say, um, we see Heather going, um, Heather and Shannon at the the party that Heather asked her to leave, and she's like, "Good, good night, Shannon. Good night." And we get our opening credits. We start off with like shots of the OC, which means the beach. You get some bums on, like butts on the beach. You get some Frisbee. You always get somebody biking. You might get an animal being walked. It's your normal OC thing. Um, You see some volleyball. It's, you know, it's, it's, I, I would love to talk to the man that's in charge of shooting this B-roll footage because I feel like he's a hero. He's just like. Well, sir, I I found a, a pickup game of volleyball. I got some nice shots of some tot tummies. I saw. Um, I got a good shot of a lady oiling up her child uh, to sunbathe, and then of course I got a I got a, a pigeon shitting on uh, a garbage can. That's that's just kind of. Fun. I don't even know if we'll use it, but you know, I just thought you could have it just in case. Uh, I've also got a a huge boat with a big Trump flag on it, which by the way, that was in one of the, uh, the shots this week, which I think is amazing. Listen, I don't, I care, but I don't really like, I care about your politics, but what I mostly care about is that you don't buy flags. I don't care if you're (laughs) a Republican or Democrat, the fucking thing that all of like the flag industry literally is being propped up by Donald Trump. Like I've never seen so many flags in my life for one dude that I'm like, Holy crap. Like what a, what a sign. Like what a, like (laughs) the flag industry is come to life again. Like it's wild. Like I would never buy a flag for Joe Biden. I would never buy a flag for, uh, Donald Trump. I would buy a flag for Batman though. I love Batman. Uh, dude, I would be rocking a Batman flag, no doubt. But like, also I feel like if you're, if you're purchasing flags, you also are potentially, either really rich or really poor. Like, those seem to be the two markets for flags. You know, is the, you know, really rich people put the flags on all of their toys, or really people, really poor people buy them because they feel like it gives them a voice of some sort and a representation of what they think. So it's very... <laughs> what if, And that's coming up on next week's pod, Flag Pod, with Ryan Bailey. Um, so shots of the OC. We're at Emily's house. Her sons are crying and uh, Emily goes up to Shane. She's like, you passed the bar. I want to throw a party for you. And Shane's like, do I have to come? And she's like, do you want Persian dancers? And then Emily does a dance and Shane's like, is that what they do? And then we cut to Dr. Jen. Remember the, the face doctor? Um, Heather DeBro calls uh, <laughs> Dr. Jen out of the blue folks and the, ca- the, the cameras just happened to catch it. I th- This is, like I said, th- can we do away with phone calls in these Housewives shows? Like, I don't need, like, put a fucking schedule on the, th- put a fucking day planner shot on the screen and just say they made a plan to go have lunch. I don't need to watch these awkward phone calls where, you know, Dr. Zen's like, would you like to come over and walk around in my neighborhood? Oh, I would love that. Thank you, Heather. It's so, what a weight, like, Come on, we've only got finite minutes on this earth, and this is what I'm when I when I'm when I'm on my deathbed. Am I going to think about all these damn housewives' calls, just making stupid plans so they could bitch about whatever happened the day or night before? Whew! I shouldn't record this early in the day. I've got too much energy. Um, so uh, Heather goes. I wanted to reach out to you and apologize about how crazy the dinner went. And, you know, I never had a dinner where you didn't get to the dinner. What? Oh, my mom's given giving me a five minute out from dinner. So we'll see what we can do. And then, you know, then I'll go, I'm going to go eat dinner. I've been summoned by my mommy. So and I love to get food in my tummy. Um, and so Heather's like, I am sorry that you didn't even get to eat dinner. And Dr. Jen says, you live right down the street. Why don't you, why don't you come on over? And Heather goes, that's so sweet and weird. Also, like, it's just weird. Like you live close to me. Why don't you come over? Heather called her and said, like, wouldn't Heather go, you can come over to my place. Dr. Jen's like, why don't you come over here? that's it's like, bitch, I called you to say. I'm sorry, now I have to come over to your house? Like, this doesn't make sense. And uh, she's like, I would love to come over. That would be great. Uh, We cut to uh, Emily, uh, or sorry, yeah, cut to Gina. I'm sorry, Gina is making one of her sad charcuterie trays. Gina's charcuterie trays always make me sad for some reason, and it's just because I'm a pig and a glutton, but they always kind of look like there's like four sad slices of salami, couple pieces of American cheese. And this time it's even sadder because she complains. She's like, there's, there's flies all over it. There's flies. And then. (laughs) There's flies all over my charcuterie tray, Travis. (laughs) There's flies. There's flies on my charcuterie tray. Can you believe it? (laughs) it's so bad there's flies oh there's flies all over my house oh there's flies in my breathe Ah, in my bad hair there's flies (laughs) there's flies all over my hair help help Travis, there's flies all over my charcuterie salamis.
2: <laughs>
1: okay, so... <laughs> new scene. <laughs> new scene. Dr. Ch- Dr. Chen... Dr. Chen is popping
2: champagne.
1: <laughs> popping... <laughs> Who popping champagne? <laughs> Doctor Jen is popping champagne for mimosas. <laughs> and Heather Pro comes and she's like, "I buried champ. I am buried champs, which is short for champagne." And of course, she bought Dom Pérignon. And Heather, you know, always just very polite. She's like, "What a beautiful home! What a gorgeous home!" When you know her inner dialogue is like, "What a shithole." I could fit five of, of five. I could fit five of your homes in my home. I could buy and sell this home like nobody's business. And Dr. Jen on the talking head goes, I made a connection with Heather right away. Right away. And there's a flashback to Heather's party where Dr. Jen gave her a bottle of Champs and says to Heather, Be careful, I got pregnant twice drinking that. <laughs> then she laughed hysterically like that and it's like what a dark laugh of like i drank that specific brand of champagne like literally like what of like hey drink Vouve coco you'll get knocked up twice it's wild but uh she's like we're very close because of that we're i feel a very big connection with her because of that um and uh we cut back and Doctor Jen goes. We have so much in common, personality wise. We're we're both control freaks. We're kindred spirits. Jen's giving her tour, and guys, we meet. We see Mister Puppers, my favorite dog on Bravo right now. Mister Pupper, Mister Puppers, I love you, Mister Puppers. Uh, Ryan, spelled R Y N E. We see their family photo, and his shirt's off in their family photo, and it's only weird because everybody else is fully clothed, but Ryan. That sounds like teen mom, Macy, Ryan, Uh, Ryan has a shirt off in the family photo. And uh, Dr. Jen lets Heather know, yeah, there was a letter from school. They a lot of the ladies found it uncomfortable that he didn't wear a shirt to drop off. I mean, yeah, Ryan, put on a fucking shirt for drop off. Are you out of your fucking mind? You can't put on a shirt. You know how easy it is, dude? I am one of the laziest people in the world. I can fucking put a shirt on for drop off. I don't even have kids. I put on shirts for drop off. That's I mean, like that is that's a no brainer. Put on a shirt, Ryan. Fucking keep a shirt in your car. If it's that hard for you. My God, don't be a weirdo. I don't like I'm not in support of that, dude. Put a shirt on. You're embarrassing me. Uh, Heather and a talking head goes, he never wears a shirt. Never, ever. And then they're sitting, uh, talking Heather and Dr. Jen. Heather says she has a short torso. And Dr. Jen goes, me too. And I'm like, oh, amazing. Another thing in common, short torsos. And Heather's like, I always feel like I'm at a kid's table. Heather asks what it's like to be in the, what is it like to be in the anti-aging biz, Dr. Jen? And Dr. Jen goes, I think about it every single day. You know? I want my patients to look as natural as possible, like they just had vacations. Now, if they actually looked like they had work done, then I didn't do my job. Which, by the way, I, I'm comforted by people like Dr. Jen. That is a great fucking philosophy because it seems like a lot of these other doctors have a philosophy of, like, I'm going to make you look scary as hell. I am going to have people shocked when they see you. I am going to make it embarrassing for you. Oh, they're going to make fun of you, Yeah. Yeah, you will be talked about, guaranteed. That feels like a, what a lot, especially in like Miami and Los Angeles, the big hubs. You know, uh, Heather says, "Well, if I had, I, you know, I've got a big Botox temp." Oh, yeah. Oh, I'll take some wine. Okay, I'm finishing up. White uh, or red? I'll take a white, like a man my mom just had my dinner drink order and I did a white wine cause I'm an adult. Okay. You guys, I'm going to go eat dinner and then I'll be back to, uh, to talk more about you guys. Stay cool. Okay, folks, I'm back. I had a nice uh, meal of, uh, beef, these beef cubes uh, with zoodles. It was really good actually. Like, and some broccoli, very healthy. You guys, my mom has a Pinterest page. If anybody, I love my mom. She keeps telling me, um, Pinterest rest. She's like, you, I, cause I got a crock pot for Christmas and an air fryer. And she's like, you there, there on my, on my Pinterest, I have all of these recipes. I have all of these recipes in handy little sections. So if you want this, you go to the beef cubes, <laughs> you go to the beef cube section. I love it. It was really good. Actually excited to make my beef cube zoodle recipe. Uh, so, where we left off in the O.C. land, though, is Heather and Dr. Dubrow, or Doctor Jen and Heather were talking about, you know, uh, the, the world of beauty. And uh, Dr. Jen says, you know, no one's perfect, Heather, because Heather had said, oh, these are the, the unperfect areas on me. And Heather goes, perfect would be boring. And by the way, Heather, I, I agree. Perfect would be boring, but like, you know... Like I, like I said last week, I do not find Heather Dubrow sexual in any sort of way. I don't find her attractive in any sort of way. Now, I've asked a couple of girls this since I said this initially, and they've disagreed with me. That's great. Go for it. You know, make out with Heather Dubrow, though. It won't be me. I won't be doing it. I probably will not get the opportunity to even do that anyways, but I won't do it. Not attractive to me, but I agree with that statement of perfect is boring, like, you know i i it's it's i don't know man you you guys know what i'm saying like like you know it's like sometimes there's exceptions to that I don't anyway so dr jen's talking about her own um you know her own potential and all of her issues and and she brings up noella and she says noella spoke condescendingly to me at the party and we have a flashback to um to Dr. Jen at, uh, Heather's party to Emily saying, well, we all have bad days. And Noelle goes, Jennifer, Jen, please. I don't know if that chapter is in Emily post and just, she's just being that. I don't know, man. I'm telling you, I get that. I get that vibe from Noella like that. And I, I'm starting to question my own abilities at reading people, but I, I I, I, she reads to me and I know she's going through hell and I believe she truly is going through hell. But in these situations with the ladies and especially Heather's party, I think she was really looking to make connections and she was going against Dr. Jen because Dr. Jen was a nobody at this point and trying to really ingratiate herself with people like Shannon Bedore, et cetera. Uh, Heather goes, I am sorry things happened the way it did. Um, you know, uh but uh Dr. Jenna, I want you to know Gina came over, she talked to me, and I'm really trying. Not everything has been worked out. And then we get a flashback of Shannon um and uh to her we get a flashback of Heather talking to Terry about uh, you know taking accountability. Shannon needs to take accountability. And she <laughs> Heather DeBro tells Dr. Jen, "Why would someone want to make Nicole look bad?" Or hurt my family. Like, I love that this has turned into a bigger conspiracy. Like, this is a very, I think, kind of simple thing of, like, Shannon's an idiot, but also probably Shannon got a little drunk, got a little loose lip, Like, oh, girl, you know what I know? But I don't think it is the takedown of the DeBros. And it kind of shows you the, the ego that Heather DeBro has, that she thinks this is a full takedown. Like her and Terry are like, "Why would Shannon be a sniper from the side and I just don't I don't give Shannon is too much of a mess internally to do that kind of work, and you're like, Ryan, Ryan, no, that's how she does it no i'm I'm telling you i'm I think a lot of it's liquor. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And Dr. Jen goes, we didn't even get to the Wagyu beef. Remember the Wagyu beef, you know, $100,000 of Wagyu beef out the drain. You know, we could have solved world hunger that night if uh, if that had gone to the right places. And Heather goes, well, maybe next time we'll do it with the husbands. But you better tell Ryan to wear a shirt. <laughs> you know, I will tell Terry to do some sit-ups. <laughs> um, I do have a friend that has worked out next to Terry Debrô at this gym in the OC. Which is very bizarre, you guys. Because... He has a home gym at his place. And I'm telling you, I've seen pictures. Like, she got me a picture. So that's weird, isn't it? I find that very weird. If you have a home gym, it's almost like you wouldn't... The reason you're not at your home gym is you don't want to be around your family. Like, what other reason is there? Like, oh, I had some time to kill in between surgery? I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, just... I mean, by the way, and I know we can't really talk about Bill Cosby anymore because he's a douchebag, but on the show, The Cosby Show, I always found this interesting. He was, uh, you know, he delivered babies. It was, you know, but he had his office in the basement of their house. Like, that's what Terry needs to do, you know? The house is big enough where you could put, like, a mall in there or something, you know? So we cut to Noella. We're at a place called the Lido Marina, Um, and this is a great scene. She walks in and Nicole is there and Nicole's like, oh, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see you. And Nicole, it's like, she's dressed, her makeup is like the little drummer boy or a bunch of, um, like elves or nutcrackers. She's like, went way too hard on the cheek blush. And it's just very startling. Still a beautiful lady, but just a very big fashion risk in terms of makeup. Um, like I would, I would. If, if this was Lady Gaga, I'd be like, Lady Gaga pulling one of her looks again, you know? Um, and immediately, Noella's is like crying. And Nicole goes, no, no, you look pretty. Don't cry. No, don't cry. No, no. It just feels like the end of the world. But you will be better off. And, uh, and uh, you know, Noella's like, yesterday, I was served with divorce papers. Today, I don't know where he is. The process server came to the house. When I was at Cryo with Gina, and she threw the divorce papers at my mother's face, I still need him to turn back on the credit card for my son's therapy. And then Nicole goes, "Do you think he left?" I know he left. He took his toothbrush, which, by the way, that must be an expensive damn toothbrush because I'm not coming back for a toothbrush. Like I'll go to CVS. You know what I'm saying? So this must be like a is is Britta a toothbrush mate? Like it must be one of those fancy ones electronic ones like he must it must have a diamond in it or something um and then Nicole goes all right darling you know or no the the they'd already ordered drinks and the waitress comes in and goes like all right darling here's the strong stuff and Nicole says you know I don't think alcohol is the answer all the time but today it is and then Noella's is just kind of sobbing and she looks down she goes oh oh my god there's tears in my tits oh there's tears I'm crying all over my boobies." Oh uh, my nips. Ah, uh, tears all over my nips. By the way, if I do ever write a love song, it might be called Tears All Over My Nips. I got tears all over my nips cause you ain't here with me and it's Christmas. I got tears, they're falling down my nips. I got a left nip, a right nip. And I got a lot of love for you. I got tears all over my tits. My tits don't know what to do. But that's just because they figured out that they and I love you. That's tears in my tits. Thank you very much uh so noella's crying nicole looks around uncomfortable you can tell she's uncomfortable and she's like it'll dry it'll dry you look cute okay you look cute calm down have you reached out to him did he block you and she goes i don't know let's call him and she calls it rings james bergener on the phone which by the way wouldn't you program as a sweet james on the phone i mean i feel like that that would be a good promo sweet james so it's fully ringing and uh Nicole, in uh, trying to be positive, is like, "Well, he didn't block you." And uh, she's, uh, and then Nicole goes, "Look, look, just listen." And Noella's sobbing and she's like, "Can you hug me? I just need a hug. I just need a hug. Can you hug? Can you hug me? Can you hug me?" And Nicole's like, "I'm gonna hug you. Just listen. I need a hug." I need a hug. And Nicole's like, listen to me. I need a hug. And then Nicole's fine. Like, okay, I'll come to you. Fine. Look, look, you look cute. You look great. You, you need a hug. Okay, I'm coming. And then she sits down. She's like, don't push me over. I don't want to fall down. Like Nicole is obviously kind of like bothered. She has to show like human affection and I get it. I'm not a big toucher. Like I just love, he's like, no, no. Hug, hug like but also go hug. I, I I see both sides here, but you know, it's like you don't go to a public restaurant with cameras on you and ask to be like swaddled. Like, oh envelop envelop me in your arms. Love, lift us up where we belong. When the world. <laughs> and so it's just so awkward. Like she's off uh, feels awkward, I feel awkward, and like and Noella and talking goes, this is a very scary place for me because there is I have never been in a place where I don't know what to do. And I got to say, this whole thing, the timetable is so weird, you guys, because I'm finding out now they got married in 2020. And now I believe, if I'm doing the math correctly, it's 2021. And it just seems so fast. And then I found out he was married already when he got married to Noella, but it was a fake service. And it, it's like it seems like everybody's bad people involved in this, you know? Um, so she's sobbing. She's chugging in this scene. She keeps like throwing down drinks. And uh, Nicole's just there looking like a nutcracker, just looking like uh fucking Tinsley. in, in when she did that circus scene in real house was in New York and Nicole goes, he'll surface. It will all work out. And Noelle goes, yeah, happy fun times. Give me a fucking break. Noelle and I are talking head goes, I think our views of friendship are very different. You know, I need someone who will wrap me up. I need friends for the first time to really show up for me. But Noella, this is what happens when you live a somewhat false life. You don't have real friends, and this is what happens when you get on a reality show. These are sometimes not real friendships, so don't expect something that you should never expect in the first place. And I'm so sorry to be hardcore on this, but I truly believe that. It's like, Noella, go to your real friends. Go to your mom if you're looking to be hugged. You think Nicole from OC that used to date Kid Rock is going to be the one to envelop you in a sea of hugs? Get the fuck out of here, what? And is like, I feel like I'm having a breakdown, a fucking breakdown. And Nicole says, walk out, walk out quietly. There are a lot of people here. And Noella goes, my life is falling apart. And she's like, and Nicole goes, I don't feel comfortable. And Noella goes, my life is falling apart. She just keeps saying, my life is falling apart. And Noella is just looking around like, oh shit, my stock has gone down in this town, which is to say a lot after you've dated Kid Rock, but it's just wild. I mean, to me, this was an amazing scene because of that push pull. If, if you had Nicole totally going along with this and enveloping her in all of the hugs, it'd be like a, a ho-hum scene. You'd feel a little bit of Noella. The amazing part of this scene is Nicole saying, I feel uncomfortable. Let's leave. Please be quiet. That's amazing. Come on. It's all fake. It's all bullshit, you guys. I don't mean the show's fake, but it's like these people are all sort of fake. But I always do find it funny that anybody's worried about it being embarrassing when you have a camera crew there like girl we went past embarrassing you know a while back so new scene we're in a uh uh, a work area there's a lot of packages around we find out this is shannon's work office and her daughter is working for her now, uh, Stella, who's 17, and the CFO there is Steve, and they're pack- packaging orders. There's like a random bowl of lemons just laying out. And uh, is this the company you guys that made the cream cheese salmon? Because I still, I get, I get nightmares about tripping up of Carol Radzwill's stairs in her New York apartment. Like I'll kill myself on those stairs one day. And I also have nightmares of eating being force fed cream cheese salmon. Like, I'm sure it's good. I've enjoyed, you know, that on bagels before. But the way Shannon presented it, it seemed very dark, you know. like I was like, ooh, it's, that's a mood. It's not a good one, you know. Uh, Shannon's company is called Let's Get Real. Um, and everybody's like, things are really happening for this company. And Shannon's like, my CFO suggested I hire Stella. No one knows, you know, he said, no one knows you better. And that might be a good thing or a bad thing. And, uh... Stella in a talking ad goes, as a boss, my mom can be annoying and overbearing, especially when she's in a bad mood. And then she thinks about it and says, I don't want to make her sound like she's a bitch, which is I love that they use that. Uh, but I will say I get stressed watching scenes with Shannon and her daughters. I want to say this in a very gentle way. I feel like Shannon is hanging by a thin, thin, thin thread. Like you can get to a Shannon's weakness within two seconds upon meeting her. You know what I'm saying? You could get to her and it it I worry about Shannon because it that that's what I always say it leads to the alcohol because it's the only time she feels in control. Because she is so bothered by everything. Everything is something. Everything is, you know, and her daughters have to watch this. The people around her have to watch this. I get stressed watching Shannon because you you sense. The bubbling underneath, you sense the tremors, you know? Shannon lets us know that she's... I've only received two lump sums, monthly checks that don't even cover my monthly expenses from David Bedore, remember? But we've also seen where David had to overpay and he was really pissed, but then... The judge, I think, lowered that a little bit, but it still should be a lot of money. But then she goes, there's a laundry list of things I did not negotiate for. I have to pay for Sophie's College right now, and I have the twins that are going to go to college at the same year, and that adds up. You know, if I'm going to be responsible for that, too, no longer fun, Shannon. Um, I'll have to go to the cheap vodka. Uh, You know, I, I did find that interesting, though. Do you think David said, fine, if I have to pay you this every month, you're going to pay for the girls college. Like I want to know. And by the way, I'm not saying Dave, like David Bedore, I think is an asshole. Like I, I, I'm not saying that, but I'm curious because when we found out, I thought she was getting a very decent sum per month. So I'm curious what happened with that. I would love Shannon, if you're listening, I'd love to get a full breakdown. David, if you're listening, fuck you. Um, but Shannon goes, "It's just too much. I'm paying for everything." And uh, Shannon goes, "Thank you guys. I'm just I'm overwhelmed." And we're like, "We know Shannon." We cut to uh, this wine bar. Gina's there with her man Travis. We're having a double date, folks, with Emily and Shane. That's a fun, fun foursome. And uh, they're all saying hello, and and Shane doesn't hug Gina, and Gina's like, "What am I, chop liver?" <laughs> and shane goes something like that and he grumbles and it's like their little bit their shtick and gina's like i'm so hungry and emily's like i haven't eaten uh either day except for a granola bar and then shane goes and that subway sandwich i bought you i shane god bless you just always cutting your wife at the knees like always like always just throwing in a comment that is really potentially hurtful emily says uh to the, the wait, waitress. She goes, You bring every anything you want and I'll eat it. And Emily goes, Hey, I met up with Nicole the other day. Now, remember, the last time Emily and Nicole met up was at uh, Heather DeBro's and they were each telling each other to fuck off. And Nicole was like, Girl, 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 you're so 20 minutes. You're, you're 20 minutes, girl, girl. And Emily was like, Go fuck off. Uh, you know, like, and th- then Emily was like, I look just like you. And and Nicole was like, girl, you better go eat your fucking sushi, girl. Um, and Emily's like, you're fucking trash. So fuck you. It was great. It was awesome. And Emily goes, I really like Nicole. Like, so they, they get to a flashback of Nicole and Emily meeting. And they they are, you know, fine. And Nicole goes, thank you for being so open-minded and forgiving. And then Emily's like, my husband passed the bar. If you want to come to this party I'm throwing. And I guess the party's on Tuesday is when Shane's party's happening. There's going to be belly dancers, folks. Belly dancers. They dance with their bellies. It's very magical. Um, so uh, they're like, wow, it'll be interesting to meet the other husbands. And Emily's like, I don't think Dr. Jen is going to bring her husband. He's in Hawaii. Um, and then they start talking about Noella's husband. And Gina's like, she timed me. Yeah. She told me she served her papers. The papers were in Espanol. And Emily says he's filing for divorce. You know, in in California, if you file for divorce, there's an automatic thing that goes into place where it freezes all of your accounts. You know, why would you cut off access to money when you're taking care of your kids? You know, I think he filed in Puerto Rico because it bypasses the California divorce system. And Shane goes, not so sweet, James. And Travis is like, is he coming for the party? And Shane's like, I don't think he's flying in for our, our party. And then Emily goes, where are you, Gina, with Shannon? And Gina goes, we're fine. I'll reset boundaries. I will adjust. And Emily says, the only thing she says about us that we're untrustworthy and she needs to be able to, you know, she needs to be able to tell everybody that she's right and everyone else is wrong. And she needs allies like that that will agree with her and only her, which is kind of true, you know. And Shane says, ladies, please don't bring this up at the party. This, what you're talking about is a disaster, you know? And when Shane says something like that, you go, well, now they're definitely bringing it up. Like if Shane says, don't do it, they're doing it. So, uh, we cut to a new scene, Shannon, and her daughter, Stella, are we, we get the reappearance of Dr. Moon. Remember that Dr. Moon practices holistic medicine. He's like, oh, you know, I'm not going to do a Dr. Moon impression. Um, but, um, you know, I find Dr. Moon interesting. I like Dr. Moon. I find it interesting that Shannon goes to Dr. Moon because, you know, you know, but by the way, Stella comes in and Dr. Moon's like, Oh, Stella, I haven't seen you for so long since you were in diapers. And Stella hurt her back. So that's what we have to look at today. And Shannon lets us know that I've been going to Dr. Moon for 15 years. And she's like, I've seen improvement. And I'm like, I haven't, that's what I'm about to say. Like and, and Shannon goes, but if someone can help you feel better without pills, I will sign up again and again and again. And I'm like, Unless it's in your face, girl. Like, I don't get this. Holistic medicine for what you put in your body, but you'll put fucking cement in your face and then have it taken out? Like, I'm sorry. This is so hypocritical. I, I just, I really believe it's hypocritical. And the amount of alcohol she puts in her body, I, I just don't, I feel weird. It's like, it's like pain. You're paying somebody to make you feel like a better person. And I don't mean physically, I mean mentally. Like, Shannon mentally thinks she's doing a good thing, a hip thing, but it's not really actually curing any of the problems because I feel like Shannon is not any better than, I don't know, maybe she's a little, I don't know, what do you guys think?
0: When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet.
1: Like, I remember she was more buttoned up, and now she's less buttoned up, but still the same amount of anger, you know? Um, Dr. Moon says something weird about Stella. He's like, you're 17? He goes, no, you look 21. And I'm like, Jesus, Dr. Moon, calm down. And Dr. Moon's like, show me where it, it hurts. And then he's like, oh, you have double hamstring weakness. Your tailbone is tucked in. Now, this is the shit I like. I would love to get a doctor, like, any kind of, like, Doctor that would be like, Oh, I see what's like I want people to tell me what I'm doing wrong. Because I know I'm doing everything wrong. I just want to be told what I'm doing wrong. So I could be like, Ah, yes, I knew I sucked. Like I knew I've been doing things wrong all my life. Um, and Stella, God bless her, in a talking head, goes, I'm not a huge believer in holistic medicine. I'm just here to make my mom happy. And <laughs> uh, then Stella goes, Can you tell someone's emotions? Uh, by, you know, their body. And he's like, yeah, I will tell you emotions. Yeah, you have some. We will identify which organ relates to emotion. And he goes, liver controls anger. And there's, he goes, so mommy made you angry. And Shannon goes, no, not mommy. Not mommy. So I guess they're saying it's David. And Shannon uh, talking to Ed goes, I was in a marriage that wasn't healthy. And they all saw it. And we get a flashback of that scene where David apologizes to Stella. You know, when he, when she was a little girl and, uh, you know, Shannon goes, I don't want what they have seen to cloud any judgment in their life. And I'm like, unfortunately, I think it is too late for that. And I don't mean that in a joking way. I just think that, it, you know, you carry that stuff. I carry, you know, we see our parents do shit and we really care. I still tense up when my parents bicker with each other. You know, it just never leaves. And Shannon afterwards to Stella goes, you feel any better? And she goes, Stella's like, no, my back hurts. It is what it is. And, uh, you know, Stella then goes, mom, I see how much stress you're under. You know, there, there's nothing I know I can do to control all of your, all of your problems. Um, but I, I see that you're under all this stress and I understand and then Stella kind of nervously laughs and in a talking head Stella goes I want my mom to be happy and she isn't really there yet she hasn't gotten over or risen above the things that she needs to which is just so amazing for a, like a 17 year old to say like that is so dead on like that's so precise it's like a very smart girl and we get a flashback of David saying uh, when they were together with Shannon and going like I want to be happy and Shannon like it sounds like you're divorcing me it sounds like you want to divorce.'" And, um, Stella goes, it would make me so happy to see my mom be her best self and strive. And then Stella goes, well, mom, thank you for taking me to Dr. Moon. I appreciate it. I just, uh, and Shanna goes, yeah, well, of course I don't want you to be hurt. And she goes, I know mom, y- you care a lot. And she goes, of course I care. And then we get a new scene we're with Noella Woo! and Noella is walking outside to her mom. And she's like, ah, oh, who is this pretty girl? Oh my goodness! And they're talking about her dog. Her dog's name is Riri, short for Rihanna, and I think that might be a problem as well. That could be where the problem started. Um, Her little boy is napping right now, and uh, her mom says, "You know, it's heartbreaking. The process server was just dreadful, Noella," and Noella goes, "He's had this set in motion, you know," and Noella lets us know in a talking head that. My mother has always been my guiding light, always the one to call me back home when I'm lost at sea. It's like a labyrinth of, what is that? What did I say earlier that Megan King Esmond says? A labyrinth of emotion. Ah, she called me back home when I'm lost at sea. You mean when you're in like West Covina? What do you mean lost? It's calm down. Everybody's so poetic these days. <laughs> Um, Noella also lets us know that her mom wouldn't meet sweet James for the first while they dated because she didn't think that sweet James was good for her daughter. And then they did meet. And, you know, when, when Noella and sweet James would argue her mom and sweet James would have these text streams behind her back where they would just argue with each other. And I guess it kind of took like a mother son relationship with Noella's mom. And Noella's like, you love him. And, you know, Noella goes, this is not our James who he is is still in there. And I'm like, I don't, you know, there's also a chance he just doesn't want to be with you, Noella. Like, I, you know, that could be, if your relationship is based on falsities to begin with, you know, who you think he is is probably not who you think he is. You know, like, I don't know. So in a talking head, she goes, I wouldn't be fighting for something if I didn't think it was worth keeping my family intact. He needs to come home. And the mom says, I don't know how much I really know him then. And I think he's gone. Your son lives here and he lives in Puerto Rico. And she goes, I'm telling you, mom, he will wake up. He will. I know he loves me. Yikes. New scene. Uh, we get some uh, little surfer ladies, people laying on the beach, those little cutaway shots. We cut to Emily's house. She's setting up for Shane's big belly dancer law party party. Jody, one of Emily's friends, is helping her set up. She's like, how can I help? She's British. And uh, Emily's like, when the belly dancers get here, and they're like, hey, belly dancers are going to fall on the grass. They need a hard surface. <laughs> oh, my God. My friend uh, Susanna. Uh, no, sorry. Uh, yeah, Susanna, I think. She sent me this awesome Australian um, phrase book. Uh, on like how to, cause I was doing the Brock imitation from Vanderpump Rules. I'm like, Hey mate, how
2: you doing? I am Brock.
1: <laughs> that was like my Australian accent. And she lives in Australia and she sent me this really Susanna. Yeah. Susanna Murray. She sent me this really cool package. Um, she's awesome. And uh, I really appreciated it, but it's all of these great Australian phrases. I brought the book with me. I have to, I'll have to bust it out and do some. Cause it's like, I got your veggie, my your toast um uh, rock. The whole point being I cannot do accents. It's I can barely do an English American voice, you know? It's just me. Oh my god, I just talked to somebody uh that I forgot that people I always forget that there are new people that come to the podcast, and somebody asked me why I do the voices, and they're <laughs> they're like you could just tell that they didn't like it and so i was like oh yeah yeah there's interviews too you you don't have to listen to the recaps i like i was like that kind of started on beverly hills and it was like really unhinged and then it obviously makes me laugh and and if it annoys you which it so possibly could i totally get it but l- listen to the interviews it's so easy but until then you're like yeah baby Okay, so Emily and Shane, um, they're doing Shane's party, belly dancers, whatever. I got to tell you, it is so funny. All of Emily's friends are trying to zip her into her dress. I feel akin to Emily in that way. Like, I always don't know how my jeans are going to fit. You know, sometimes you have good jean days. some days you have bad jean days. And it's like, how are my tree trunk legs going to, like, feel in these jeans? And I feel that when they're trying to just get Emily all suctioned into this dress Um, you know, Emily, obviously a very beautiful lady, um, but I love that she can, I mean, it's, it's, it's wild, you know, I still don't forgive Emily though, for trying to sell like a health routine. Like I still get Emily Simpson emails. I don't think I've unsubscribed yet where she was literally selling like workout plans and stuff like that. And I was like, why don't we wait for like two years of you getting fully like with your hip in action, you have a new hip and all of this stuff and then sell that, you know? So, um, uh, Emily is getting put in her dress, and all the ladies are like, we're giving positive vibes. It's going to fit. And then we cut to Shannon's house. And I, I commented at this point, I was like, we have not seen her boyfriend John yet all season. And I thought that was really weird, but we do see John later for the first time this season. So I kind of think that they made an arrangement. He did not want to be on camera anymore. Or she was like, well, we're super drunk together. And maybe that's not the best image I want to put out there. Who knows? But all I've known is there has been a very, a a big John absence in my heart. So Shannon is FaceTiming Noella and uh, Noella's like, hi, gorgeous. And she's doing that Noella smile. She's like, ah. And and Shannon's like, how are you? She's like, I'm lying. I feel great, but I'm lying. And uh, Shannon goes, I think about you every day. I feel so badly. And Noella's like, I've had zero contact since Friday. I'm all alone. Thank you so much for your support. It really, it meets the world. And then Noella asks, have you talked to Heather? And Shannon goes, you know, um, no, Shannon asks Noella, have you talked to Heather? And Noella goes, no, but everyone else has. And she's forgiven everyone else. So there's no bad blood. And then Shannon's like, can I read which texted me? And Shannon reads that whole monologue from last week. That Heather texted her about like she used the big $10 words like adjudicate and all this shit. And they do this kind of dual screen effect where they're both reading like Heather's reading it and Shannon's reading it. And you just tell Noelle is completely zoned out like, bitch, I got problems right now. I don't need to hear this. And Shannon reads it and is like, how do you feel about that? And um, Noelle's like, how do you feel about that? And Shannon's like, I'm going to say sorry again tonight, but I have apologized so much. Um, you know, there's only so much I can do. And there's a flashback when they first met Heather and Shannon was apologizing to Heather back in the day. It's so funny how we all repeat the same bullshit. You know, like we never, we never stray too far away from our personas. And it's like, that makes me sad. Like I'll always be that same dorky junior high person in my mind. Like we never, we never stray too far away from that. Like we'd like to think we make big leaps and changes. And you know, sometimes internally we do, but a lot of the times we still repeat the same shit. And that's why I think there's something more about life. Like we are like learning some kind of lesson. Like we are locked into these patterns for some, wow. Did I just get meta? Yo, yo, did I just get metaphysical? Yo, yo. So, um, we get two flashbacks right there of scenes from Heather and Shannon where Shannon's apologizing and Shannon's like, it took a lot of work to get through that and right now I feel like I'm back to square one with Heather. So we cut back to, uh, no, we cut to Heather's house. She's getting dressed in her massive-ass closet. She has one of those tri-mirrors, like a three-mirror where you see yourself from all angles. Her and Terry come out of their mansion and they meet Nicole and her boyfriend in an escalade and Heather says that, I feel like I have too high of a ponytail. And uh, Heather's like, I brought your favorite champs, Nicole. We meet Victor, Nicole's boyfriend. The boys are sitting in the back, girls up front. And Heather says, in a talking head, I want to make it crystal clear that we three, me, Terry, and Nicole are fine. It's the shitster that started this whole thing that we're not fine with, who is Shannon. Uh, Nicole says, you know, I had lunch with Noella. Noella. He decided to file for divorce. And Heather's like, oh no. And Heather's like, Do you think they got into a fight? And it's one of those things. They'll get back, back together. And Nicole's like, I think it's serious. And uh Nicole goes, Noella was having a really bad day that day. And then out of nowhere, Nicole says, also, she um she said that you were a fake bitch.
2: <laughs> She's
1: And they flash back to Noella being drunk and Nicole saying, Oh, Heather will be so here for you. And Noella saying, No, she won't. She's a fake bitch, which is hysterical. Like, drunk Noella tells the truth. I, that's what I'm saying. I bet Noella has laser sharp accusations and thoughts about all of these ladies. So that's hysterical. But Nicole, especially after what you just went through, why would you bring that up right now to Heather? And especially with what Noelle is going through. That was horrible. And I love you for it. Like, I love that is such a housewives thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was like, what? What would like girls do we never like housewives thrive on people not learning lessons? Like if we learned lessons, the housewives wouldn't exist, you know? So Heather says, well, that's. We've had a nice exchange, me and Noella. And she was really sweet to my daughter, Max. And that was that scene from the Heather episode. We're like, are you Max? I'm bisexual too. And Noella goes, or Nicole goes, well, Noella had a lot of drinks. I don't think she meant it. And as silly as it may sound, I don't think she even remembers it. And Heather just shakes her her head and looks into the distance. Cut to Emily's house. Emily sees a fork on the ground in the grass and she's so sucked tight into this dress that she can't bend over to get the fallen fork but her british friend is right there like oh gidget yes i'm here to save the day with the fork um guests start arriving we meet shane's parents again perry and larry the (laughs) the mom's name is perry then I'm guessing, you know, the dad's name obviously is Larry. Whew, Perry and Larry. Perry is a very well put together lady. And Emily lets us know that Shane's mom has been waiting since 2003 for him to pass the bar. We have all been through so much to get this point. So Emily is saying it's not only Shane's party. It's her. It's his mom's party. It's my party for putting up with Shane through all of this. And uh, I I like that. You know, here's the deal. Emily and Shane live in the real world. They don't live in a Heather DeBro world. That's why I said it's like a little bit of a Downton Abbey thing. Even when you see Shane interacting with Terry Dubrow uh, in the scene coming up, it's super awkward. It's 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 weird, you know, like it's like, well, hello, my name's Terry. I think you're a very cool little guy. Congrats on passing the bar. You know, like it's it's not like they're purposely looking down, but you can't help but think that, you know what I'm saying? Um, Gina and her dude, Travis walks in and Travis says, I am your purse, which is cute. But you know, he, Travis and Gina seem really good together, right? seems like a really nice guy. And I love that he doesn't make that much of an impression, but at the same time, I want to say he doesn't make that much of an impression. And I think that's a great thing for a housewife show. I mean, no, it's, I'm sorry. It's a bad thing for a housewife show. It's a great thing for an actual relationship. Like, the guy's probably a good guy, and they probably have a really solid relationship. Not great for a housewife show. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's just always there. I haven't really... Has he done anything to this point? Um, so Noella comes in all in white, and she does that fake thing. It's like, smiles. It's always a performance with Noella, it seems like. And she's like, the last time where we all wore white, it didn't wind up so well. She's obviously talking about her wedding. Heather and Shane, uh, they, uh, they meet. Heather says, you know, your home is beautiful, LOL, because <laughs> Heather, you know, owns an airport. Shane meets Terry and Heather. Uh, they look at Shane like he's an alien at first. I thought it was very interesting and vice versa. Heather walks up to Noella and she's like, hey, friend. I got filled in a little minor league. I brought you a little something. And she's like, oh, did you bring me a great divorce attorney? And Heather's like, you were so sweet to my daughter, Max. You know, it was very thoughtful. In a talking head, Heather goes, Noella is going through a difficult time, so let's not ruin it. And let's not ruin two parties. Now, Heather gets it. Heather is not going to bring up the information that Nicole gave her. I appreciate this about Heather. That's why there are things I don't like about Heather. And there are things I do like about Heather. I like that she wasn't going to use this information in this moment. Would have been the wrong time. Dr. Jen gets out of the car. I got to tell you guys, I think Dr. Jen is kind of attractive. Am I wrong? Am I like, I kind of like, I don't know. Like, I kind of think she's kind of cute. It's uh, so Dr. Jen goes uh, to Noella when coming in. She's like, sorry, I didn't get to touch base about your thing and noella rolls her eyes like noelle like dr jen is one of the people that noella cannot stand and i like that because noella is so busy kissing ass but she realizes she doesn't have to kiss the ass of dr jen because dr jen's a first first year housewife so she's like who the fuck are you i don't care and noella goes there's a lack of caring with dr jen it puts me off and Doctor Jan is talking about putting filler in the earlobes so the earrings don't pull. I think, and Noella is just looking like Doctor Jan is the idiotist. Yeah, I said idiotist, just the stupidest, <laughs> the stupidest person in the world. Heather says Noella needs a refill, and she might not need a refill, but I am giving her one. Shannon walks in, and John, her boyfriend, is with her. And Shannon is already, like, I, Shannon stepped out of the car and it was, like, brought a Darth Vader energy. It was, like, I was tense. Like, I I was like, shit, I need to see Dr. Moon. Like, my back cramped up. Um, Emily tells Heather what Shane says uh, about, like, Shane said, you know, don't bring up any dirt at this party. And uh, Heather's like, oh, yeah, I'm not, I would never do that. And Emily's like, yeah, I told Shane that Heather is not tacky like I am. So, Shannon walks in, Heather cheers to the ladies, um, and then Heather sees Shannon, ignores her, and Heather goes, did I hear a cork pop? It's my favorite noise, the sound of champs. Dr. Jen lets us know she worked as a waitress, and uh, she was told that she was the worst waitress there ever was. Heather is now talking about when she worked at a yogurt store, and she would uh, see little skinny model bitches, and she would just give out yogurts to them, I guess, which, okay. Shannon says to, uh, Heather, I tried to have a conversation and you know, she didn't want to talk to me or she's telling the the ladies about Heather and Emily says, well, okay, but I do need to talk to you, Shannon. And Shannon goes about what? And Emily goes about things I've heard you say about me. And Shannon's like, I, Emily, I said these things after you broke the promise And she's talking about that, you know, Shannon said to Heather Dubrow that these ladies were untrustworthy. Um, And in a talking head, Shannon goes, absolutely. Let's look at our history. Emily heard a rumor about my boyfriend last year and told Gina about it. That was the rumor where they heard that John was drunk at a golf tournament and his dad had to come get him. (laughs) They will talk about, um, she goes, these ladies will talk about other things and they will hurt other people without even caring about it. And Emily's like, the only adjective you use to describe me and me to Heather is untrustworthy and manipulative. Um, and Emily goes, "I thought we were friends, Shannon." And Shannon goes, "I didn't say those words. You are calling me a liar." And uh, and Shannon goes, "Emily, all I said was that you could she couldn't be trusted." Emily walks away, and then Shannon goes, "The fact you are doing this is really fucked up." And Emily goes over to Heather to relate what just happened, and. And Shannon goes, are you kidding me right now? Which, by the way, Shannon, take a drink every time. Shannon goes, are you kidding me right now? Shannon's favorite phrase is, are you kidding me right now? Noella is rubbing Shannon's arm. Heather comes over to Shannon's area, and they both just kind of stare each other down. And uh, Emily says, I told Shannon I was hurt um, to Heather. And Heather says, I thought we weren't doing this right now. And Shannon says, I said that these ladies couldn't be trusted, but she said that you said that I said, Shannon's like, just like caught in a whirlwind, doesn't even know what she's saying. And Heather says, no, let me tell you what you said. They are not to be trusted. They are manipulative. That is what you said to me. Emily says, who does that? And Heather says, Shannon, you had ample time to talk to me about the Nicole issue. And Shannon says, I would have loved to have a conversation with her. Well, that conversation, Shannon, should have happened three weeks ago. And Heather says, Why could you all finish your com- Why can't you all finish your conversation? Why- Sorry. Heather goes, Why don't you and Emily finish your conversation and we can talk another time? And Heather walks away, but Shannon follows her. Emily says to Noella, Well, Noella, hey, if you need anything about this divorce thing to talk, I am so. I'm so here for you. And Noella says, I am so appreciative. And Emily says, as a mother, I feel very sad for Noella, but I feel luck with Shane because I knew that no matter what happened with me and Shane, it was always going to be my choice that I would always be protected. And that is something Emily was in charge of her own finances too. And Emily tells Noella, you're the last thing I think about when I go to bed. And the first thing I think about in the morning. And I'm like, what, what, what Emily, what? If I was Emily's kids, I was like, what? You just met Noella. That's the... Are you in love with Noella? I was like, wow. So Shannon's still trying to talk to Heather. And Heather goes to Emily, goes, Emily, is there a place we can privately talk, me and Shannon, so we don't make a scene? And, uh, which I thought would have been great if they did this last scene in a garage. Like, wouldn't that be classic if you just see them, like, seated next to, like, a SUV (laughs) talking intensely? So, uh, the guys are talking, Terry says, uh, the guys are talking, Travis, Terry and Shane and Terry's like, well, I, you know, the California bar is the hardest bar in the world, Shane. And Shane's like, I'm the dumbest guy in the world. (laughs) So Emily shows them to a new place and Shannon and Heather are, you know, the big talk. And Shannon goes, I didn't reach out to you because you said you were dumb that night. And. My friendship means, your friendship means something to me. I care about you and Terry. I'm dumb as shit for not thinking. And in the interim, I hurt my friends. I never wanted to do that. I'm so sorry. I hope you accept my apology. It's not me. I don't hurt people. I'm not a gossip. And and I, I'm not. And then Heather goes, my turn. And there's a big pause. And then she goes, I've heard from everyone. I feel like I have a good understanding of the facts. Nothing you say with the details is going to change my mind. Shannon tries to interrupt. Let me finish. I think you had a huge lapse in judgment, and I'm sorry if this sounds harsh, but this is how I feel. If you ever come after me or my family ever again. You're going to lose a lot more than just my friendship. This will cost a lot. And I'm not saying this as a threat, I'm saying it as a promise. Woo! Dun, dun dun Heather DeBro, I'm a soap opera actor Heather DeBro, soap opera actor listen everybody is saying that this is fake this was planned it probably was a little bit but also I truly believe this is how Heather DeBrot talks Heather Debro loves the soap opera moment so I kind of believe it and Shannon just is like looking at like you just tell there's a, she's like shh, like she's like about to shit her diapers. She's like, oops, I crapped my pants. You know, like, like, Dr. Moon, help me. And then we get the next time, and there's like a horse race scene. We see Dr. Jen and Nicole. We see Shannon and her dad talking. Noella is complaining about Dr. Jen, saying that she's thirsty. Um, and then uh, we find out that Noella warned Dr. Jen to be careful around Heather DeBro. So this is the second time that Noella's has talked shit about Heather. Then we see a scene with Shannon and her daughter. And it just looks like another very solid episode of The O.C. Now, I don't know if they're doing that episode of The O.C., on Wednesday or if they're taking this week off and we're back next Wednesday. Who knows? But guys, we got to share this evening together or today, this day together, another new episode of so bad. It's good. You guys, if you, if you can, please rate me five stars on Apple podcasts. I've gotten a slew, I guess, of bad reviews lately. I don't know. Maybe I suck. Who knows? But if if somebody hasn't and likes me, please leave a good review. I don't know. I, I guess it's just more people are listening and I'm not everybody's cup of tea. So And if you listen on Spotify, five stars as well. I really appreciate it. But anyways, more importantly than not, let's go have a great Tuesday. We are so close to the end of the year. Let's go out strong, you guys. I believe in you. And uh, I will talk to you on Wednesday. Bye.